It is locked in on the Ref Sports Radio Network. It is a Wednesday, and we have no Tyler McComas today. I am Parker Thune. I am joined by one of the many jacks of all trades amongst our ref staff, Drake Dyken. Drake, appreciate you covering for me today for Steely. I found out that uh, I was going to have to fill in on the rush a couple of weeks back. I was like, dang, that's about to be six hours of radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and TJ said, no, no, don't worry about it. Drake's we'll, we'll got it you. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was very bizarre, though, walking into the office as Steely was leaving. Yeah, uh, you came in about two hours later. You usually walk in about eleven thirty or so, and today you got you had to sleep in a little bit. How about that, Parker? Well, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't no. know about all that. No, just oh, okay. shuffles my uh, shuffles my schedule around a little bit. Okay. I did stay up late last. So you're night, not though, on because... the true college student uh, sleep schedule anymore. Then you're you're officially off of that. No, although I will say my schedule is very much shifted towards. The traditional college student schedule. Like, I sleep for more than five hours a night. I'll say that much. But there are some nights, As like should. last <laughs> night, for instance, that I end up staying up quite late. I was making blueberry muffins last night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why, why is that so hilarious? Uh, uh, it's it's just kind of random. What, it, so what, why blueberry muffins? Just because it I like I, I like blueberry muffins. Okay, you wanted them for breakfast. The ingredients this are generally things that I have on hand. Uh huh. And they're pretty evergreen. You know, you can make a batch and then just munch on them throughout the week. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I uh, I make them almost on a weekly basis. But uh, I got done with work last night, a little later than usual, and I decided self-medicated. You know what? Decided that some blueberry muffins sounded good. <laughs> Is yes, that where this is going? That's my self-medication is, is blueberry, blueberry muffins. muffins? Yes. Okay. Air Comfort Solutions text line is available to you, 405-651-3439. You're here for recruiting information. We're going to talk recruiting here in just a bit. This hour on the ref brought to you by Chapel Supply. Chapel Supply is you with the tools to tackle any power washing job, residential or commercial. They supply you with everything you need for clean, reusable water reclaimed from industrial wastewater, and they supply you with the equipment and disinfectants your business needs. Let Chapel supply you. Go to chapelsupply.com. All right, Drake, let's dig right in. And the first question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line as it pertains to the world of recruiting is regarding the five-star defensive back out of Arlington Martin High School, Javian Toviano. Then this question comes courtesy of Sooner Warrior. Very simple question. What are OU's chances? Now, I tell you what. First off, what a name. JV and Toviano. I know. I mean, not often you get multiple Vs yeah, in a name, right? Absolutely. JV and Toviano. Kind of nice how it rolls off the tongue. But regardless, uh, five-star defensive back out of Arlington Martin High School down there in the DFW Metroplex. And I'll tell you this much. Four to five months ago... I would have told you the Sooners' chances here were pretty good because he has known one Robert Spears Jennings for quite a while, and I know RSJ, particularly his senior year of high school, Toviano's junior year, was working pretty hard to get him all in with Oklahoma. Now, at this point in time, from what I understand, communication between the two sides has cooled a little bit. Oklahoma's not completely out of it, and I don't want to suggest that, but Over the course of their courtship with Toviano, it has very much been a hot and cold type of dynamic. So, with that said, 
it's it's a lot it's a lot colder right now than it is hot, Drake. So uh I, I, I would not count on JV and Toviano being part of this signing class for Oklahoma. I'm not saying it's an impossibility, but I'm certainly not putting any chips on the table betting that the Sooners are going to end up signing Toviano. Now, why do you think there's that shift? Is it just the coaching staff change? Is it something that Venables and company, they just aren't as high on Toviano as uh, Muleshoe and Lincoln Riley, all those guys? Well, uh, I mean... Or what, what, do you, what do you think the the uh, differences there? Well, here's, here's what I think it comes down to. With JV and Toviano. And no, everybody's high on JV and Toviano yep. because he is an outstanding defensive back. There's a reason he's one of the top 25 players in the country, and it's because he looks the part. I just went down and saw him three days ago at the Under Armour camp at his high school, Arlington Martin. He's a dude. He stands out. I'll tell you that much. He stands out. When you see him lined up alongside all the other defensive backs, many of whom have Power 5 and Group of 5 offers from all across the region, it's not hard to figure out who the 5-star is. Let's just put it that way. JV and Toviano certainly looks the part. I think what it comes down to is Brent Venables and this new OU staff aren't going to push all that hard for players that don't really give them the time of day. And... I think what how they quantify that, how they quantify giving OU the time of day, in essence, is you're visiting, and you're visiting on your own dime. There is investment on your end with regard to your love for the University of Oklahoma. And JV and Toviano visited Oklahoma, I believe it was October, I want to say. But he ha- he has not visited campus with the Sooners since the turnover on staff. He has not visited under Brent Venables and the new OU staff. So, to me, it's the type of thing where Venables and his staff are kind of going to stand pat with a guy like this and say, hey, you know what? If you want to swing through campus, you want to check us out, you want to meet everybody, great. But if we don't have investment on your end, we're not going to pour our time and effort into recruiting somebody that is lukewarm about the University of Oklahoma when we have 10 other cornerbacks that we can go recruit that will show up from as far away as Alabama and Florida on their own dime to visit the University of Oklahoma. So Now, do you think, is uh, Toviano is the type of kid that whenever this 2020, he's a 23 kid? 23. Whenever you start to see the 2023 class start to really – Come into focus quite a bit, and you have start to have possibly two or three other four or five star guys that are especially on the defensive side of the ball. Is he the type of kid that would see that as an opportunity to jump on a recruiting class, or is he somebody that is just kind of a lone wolf in his recruitment? Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm tracking, and it, it's hard to tell with a guy like that just because. He's one of those guys where you don't really know where his interests lie. Uh, OU has been in the mix. Texas has been in the mix. Ohio State's been in the mix. Texas A&M has been in the mix. But at no point in JV and Toviano's recruitment has a clear leader established itself. So I almost think it's one of those situations where we're going to get closer and closer to National Signing Day. And you see this often with five-star guys, right? They... (laughs) They are milking it for all it's worth in terms of the recruiting process. And 
They are making sure that uh, uh, Exhibit A, uh, Mr. Connerly out there of the twenty two class. Uh yeah. That that goes beyond <laughs> milking it for all it's worth. It's almost April. Yeah, man. It, it's dry at this point. And he's not coming to OU. Right. Let's just let's just get that clear. So if we have if we have any further questions about Josh Connerly, uh I'll just I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that same answer. He's not coming to Oklahoma. I don't know where he's going. It's not gonna be OU. So it's probably going to be USC or Oregon. Who are the top cornerback uh, uh, prospects that OU's looking at right now? In your opinion, the guys that are – so let's say you think that they probably end up with two or three corners in this class? I would think so, yeah, two, three, maybe four. Um, it kind of – I think a lot depends on how things shake out uh, in this 2022 season and yep. the type of year that a Woody Washington – type of guy has you know whether he's going to come back for another season or whether he's going to take his talents to the nfl uh i think a lot depends on whether a guy like washington would make the jump um you're going to have cj colden aging out he's one and done at oklahoma um you're going to have Jaden dave nope Jaden davis can come back for one more year so he'll be back in in theory the only guy you would lose is colden but obviously I think most expect that if Woody Washington has another outstanding season at Oklahoma at the outside corner position that he's going to make the jump to the NFL. So I would say three is probably the number for me right now. I, I can see it being more than three, but if I had to place bets, I would say based on the way that I foresee the 2022 season playing out, I think they will take three cornerbacks. Now, as far as who those three cornerbacks may be, I think that's where things start to get intriguing because most everyone has considered Micah Tease and OU lean for quite a while. I'm really not convinced that's the case right now, and I touched on this yesterday with Tyler. Tease's recruitment at this point reminds me very much of Gentry Williams' recruitment last year, where OU has led for months, even years, and then all of a sudden senior year rolls around, you start to get towards the end of the recruiting cycle, and the kid wants to look around, and he's feeling love from schools all over the map, and you start to hear buzz that maybe Oklahoma isn't going to be able to keep this guy within state lines. And much like Gentry Williams, I do think the situation with Micah Tease is going to unfold such that the kid's ultimately going to realize where his heart's been all along, and he'll be a Sooner when all is said and done. But what I'm just telling you all now, and I mentioned this yesterday, I'll say it again. I'm telling you all now, don't be surprised if you see Micah Tease start to take a series of visits to other campuses over the next couple of months because this is not going to be an open and shut recruitment. If the Sooners want Micah Tease in the boat, and they do, they're going to have to win him over the hard way, just like they did with Gendry Williams. As far as the rest of the picture at the cornerback position, a guy that had an outstanding time on his visit at Oklahoma, and a guy that quite surprisingly the Sooners appear to be in the driver's seat for is Dijon Johnson out of Tampa, Florida. Four-star prospect, Wharton High School, was on campus over the weekend of March 5th. And I, I'm hesitant to jump to conclusions with that one because it's still early in the cycle. That's still a player from the state of Florida, and we all have gotten our hopes up, understandably so, about the type of talent that Oklahoma is poised to pull from the state of Florida if things go according to plan for Brent Venables and Todd Bates and this staff. But 
you can't count your chickens before they hatch. Right? So we gotta we gotta see Oklahoma snag a couple of commitments from the state of Florida and the state of Georgia before we start taking this type of thing to the bank. So I'm kind of in wait and see mode with a guy like Dijon Johnson. But if I had to pick who the cornerback class is going to include at this point in time, I think the two safer bets at the moment are Micah Tease and Dijon Johnson. That's the thing, too, about the 2023 class right now. It is such a crapshoot. And this isn't exclusive to Oklahoma right now. Relative to years past, this recruiting cycle just has a lot more uncertainty than previous cycles, at least in this point, at this point in time, in March of the cycle. And so there could be a lot of moving parts down the stretch. There could be guys that don't even have the Oklahoma offer yet that could be part of this signing class when all is said and done. But one of the sentiments that you will hear echoed across the entire recruiting industry right now is that this class as a whole is way more wide open than the 22 class was at this point in time or that the 21 class was at this point in time. And you go back and back and back and it's the same song, different verse. At this point, when you look at the guys that comprise the 2023 recruiting class, a lot of them don't have a strong lean at the moment. And that's a bit more ubiquitous this time around for this point in the year than it has been in years past. All right, we're just getting started here on Locked In. Hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439 with all of your recruiting questions. Drake and I will hit them. Of course, we will talk some football. We will talk some basketball. But we will start and we will end with the world of recruiting. If you got questions, hit the text line. Taking you up to 3 p.m., when I will get to join Teddy Lehman for the first time for the rush. Until then, we got you. Stick with us. Locked in on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Oh, yeah, Drake. You know my love language. Yeah, that's that's for you uh, wearing the petty shirt today. I, I, I figured you probably noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. This yes, is, uh, you, know, this... you know what's funny? I So I ordered this shirt uh-huh. on Amazon, and they shipped me two of them. Oh, well. I double-checked my Amazon order, and I was like, I definitely only ordered one, right? Yeah, only paid for one. Yes, I only paid for one. I ended up with two of them. So yeah, yeah. now I'm going to be repping Tom Petty twice as often as yeah, I otherwise would. you got a fail-safe there. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. It is locked in on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Parker Thune and Drake Dyken. And we got the text line blowing up. But first, Drake, I want to get to something that Tyler brought up yesterday. And, of course... Now, Tyler has abandoned us for a ski vacation in New Mexico, so I have to pick up where he left off. But apparently, and it was news to me when he brought it up on the show yesterday, but apparently ESPN put together a 64-team bracket for college football in the year 2022. And, you know, it's your standard run-of-the-mill type of thing. Right. I figured there was, like, some legitimate simulation component to it, but no, it's just a bunch of sports writers engaging in groupthink as to who wins these matchups round-to-round. But Oklahoma ended up making the Sweet 16 yesterday, and that was as far as the writers had gotten when Tyler and I had this discussion yesterday. We were surprised that these college football experts, these quote-unquote experts, put Oklahoma in the Sweet 16 considering the negativity of all the national dialogue surrounding the Sooner football program 
as of late. And I think in their bracket, OU needed like a fourth quarter touchdown to beat 14th seed Texas Tech. And I can't remember who the who they played for the life of me in the second round, but that was a close game. Too. It was Wake Forest. That's who it was. They ended up beating Wake Forest by like three or four points. But Tyler and I were kind of sitting here figuring yesterday, yeah, okay, well, Oklahoma's going to be out in the Sweet 16 because this is just how these people think. No, Oklahoma actually made a Final Four run. And get this, you want to know who they beat to get there? Uh, Please say USC. (laughs) Not only USC, but Clemson too. Oh, wow. So, in the Sweet 16, third-seeded Oklahoma knocked off second-seeded Clemson 21-17. And then they go to the Elite Eight, and like, I, I, I guess I shouldn't be shocked that these people had USC in college football's Elite Eight in year one of Muleshoe, but four seed USC makes the Elite Eight run, and there it ends with a 35-28 loss to Oklahoma. And I get that this is virtually meaningless and that nobody actually takes this particular bracket series seriously, but it is it is always nice to have a dunk on USC if you're an Oklahoma fan. And uh, so this is USC. Did they uh, did they lose on a less offensive series, less fourth down uh, play of a jet sweep? Is that let's what see, happened? Let's see what the details are. Let's see what the uh, the recap is here, or maybe a bubble screen. Um. Okay. So here's here's how the game went down between Oklahoma and USC. So USC knocked off one seed Michigan. To get to the Elite Eight. And then let me let me read you. Let me read you this recap. Need some dramatic music here. Oklahoma USC. Now this is an Elite Eight matchup that stirs emotions and makes for high drama. The Sooners defensive plan under Venables and defensive coordinator Ted Roof is excellent. But Riley makes his own adjustments against his old club and creates some mismatches down the field for tight end Malcolm Epps. The Trojans carry a touchdown lead into the fourth quarter, but that's when the other quarterback steals the show. Oklahoma offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby calls a perfect fourth quarter, and his old quarterback at UCF, Dylan Gabriel, outplays Caleb Williams and steers OU within two wins of college football's biggest prize. So there you have it. Needless to say, they lost in the Final Four. Because they had to play Alabama, which I understand. Because uh, 41 to 21 was the final score against Alabama, by the way. Uh, apparently, per Chris Lowe and whoever else was contributing to this article, linebackers Will Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner combined for six tackles for loss and hold the Sooners to two touchdowns until a final meaningless touchdown in the waning minutes of the game. That sounds a lot like the 2018 Orange Bowl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to say, just a carbon copy right there. Oh man! So, th- so but there's that for what they didn't that's have a worth. typo in there of uh, just copy and pasting, and they have Kyler Murray. So hang on here. In there. Does this mean that Oklahoma's in college football playoff contention in the year 2022? Because the insinuation that I'm drawing here is that if Oklahoma was one of the final four teams in this bracket. Obviously, whoever put this bracket together believes that the Sooners can be a CFP team. 
Yeah, I, I mean, if you think that you can, uh, oh, you can survive a round of or a, a tournament of 64 teams, then yeah, I, that would be conventional wisdom. But I'm sure between now and the beginning of September, we'll probably have some different ki- type of criteria that's put out there by the national media. All I'm right, sure. let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line real quick before we hit a break. Any chance the Sooners change their mind on DeAndre Moore if he makes it down and shows out? I'm not convinced, and I also know as of yesterday, DeAndre Moore's plan is not to attend Oklahoma on Friday with the rest of the FSP 7-on-7 squad. By the way, if you missed this discussion yesterday when Tyler and I were talking about it, uh, Ashton Cozart, the four-star wide receiver commit out of Flower Mound Marcus High School for the Sooners, is originally from Puyallup, Washington, and that means he has connections to a lot of the elite prospects that are up in the Pacific Northwest, most of whom play on the Ford Sports Performance FSP 7-on-7 team. Now, Cozart has helped organize a mass visit for several members of the FSP squad at Oklahoma before they make their way down to Dallas this weekend for, I believe it is the Pylon Tournament. I, it, it, all these events run together because I, I'm going to have to be in Dallas for like four consecutive weekends. There's Pylon, there's Battle, there was the Under Armour camp this past weekend. But anyway. Good big, news, gas is cheap right now, Parker. That's the It's getting cheaper, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was, I tell you what, the only place I've ever paid north of four bucks for gas before last week is the state of California. I wonder what gas is going for out there right now. Oh, it's got to be upwards of six. Have fun with that mule shoot. Ugh. Anyway, uh, so here's what I know. DeAndre Moore is one of the players that participates in seven on seven with FSP. However, he is not one of the players, at least as of now, that will visit when FSP makes the trip to Norman on Friday. So I do not get the sense that Oklahoma is about to change their mind on DeAndre Moore because I think they have a certain physical genotype that they're recruiting at the wide receiver position. You look at who they're pursuing heavily. They've got Ashton Cozart in the boat. They're hosting Kyler Casper next week they're in a really sneaky good position for mikhail harrison pilot and what's the common denominator there it's size and that is one thing that deandre moore though he is an excellent football player does not have a lot of is size so there were some concerns regarding deandre moore's junior film eventually he and the sooners went their separate ways i don't really get the sense that there is going to be a reunion there so, to answer that question, no, I would not count on it. Another listener asked, can you talk about the 2021 running back from USC that just entered the portal who has interest in OU? Yes, Brandon Campbell, former four-star recruit, who uh, I guess decided that he wasn't a fan of the Muleshoe regime. And here's what I can tell you. There is some interest on the Oklahoma end. And here's what I can tell you even further. The interest there is mutual. Now, I'm not saying Brandon Campbell's going to be a Sooner. I think it's a little early in the process to conclude that. What I do know is that Oklahoma is very seriously in the mix. And it would not surprise me if you see Oklahoma make that splash addition and steal one back from Muleshoe. 
By the, by the way, OU Twitter is going to have a ton of fun with that if Brandon Campbell ends up in the Crimson and Cream in Norman, Oklahoma. Because I mean, OU two tw- can play at that game, Mule Shoe. OU Twitter has had a lot of fun the last three months. Let's just be honest. Oh boy, I saw Kendall's number come up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I wonder what this one's about. Just wanted to see if Cole Adams has been spotted in Norman. Nope. Nope, Cole Adams still doesn't have the offer, Kendall. Soon as that changes, we'll that's, let you know. That's the daily uh, Kendall Cole Adams text, huh? Hey, it's it's multiple times daily, which is understandable because Cole Adams is a really good football player that's only two hours up the road within state lines, would probably commit to Oklahoma if they offered, and yet the Sooners are still holding out. And I'm sure they have their reasons. I'm sure they have their reasons. I'm not trying to say I'm a smarter man than Brent Venables or Jeff Lebby because I'm definitely not. What I'm saying is the optics at this point about that whole situation, less than ideal. All right, we got to hit a break. You're listening to Locked In Across the Ref Sports Radio Network. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. We'll be back with Travis Davidson, Sooner Twitter's favorite chef, and we'll get his thoughts on all things recruiting and spring football. Stay with us. Welcome back to Locked In. Ref Sports Radio Network all across the Sooner State, and it is now time to bring in Travis Davidson, the man who, for my money, is the president of OU Twitter. He hasn't officially announced uh, his plans for a campaign, but if there is one figure that is universally known across the entirety of Sooner Twitter, it is Travis Davidson. First first things first, Travis, are, are we going to rendezvous this weekend when I'm up in Tulsa? Oh, man, you know it. You know i got to play host uh, to you when you're in my city. Absolutely. That's right. Big 7-on-7 event up at uh, uh, Neenheis Park, I believe is its name. Uh, Sooner 7 and Derek Rasmussen hosting a big 7-on-7 tournament up there in Tulsa. It was rescheduled, of course, because we had the big snowstorm at the end of February. But, uh, Travis, as you look at the 2023 class starting to take shape for Oklahoma, what gets you excited about the building block that this is going to be for Brent Venables and his staff at OU? Uh, well, I think I think when looking at the 2023 class, uh, I, I can't help but look back to the 2022 class. I know it's kind of an odd answer, but uh, to see what he was able to do in holding together that class and uh, securing that number eight ranking uh, in the 247 composite, higher than Lincoln's last two years here, uh, was really all I needed to see moving forward on the on the 23, and then uh, really Ashton Cozart's words uh, about look, things are going extremely well behind the scenes. It'll soon come to light. Obviously, we saw J.R. Sandlin come out and say, "Hey, expect a couple locks, things like that." Uh, we're hearing some great things, obviously, about Coach Todd Bates on the recruiting trail. Miguel Chavis is is a beast, apparently, and and seemingly worth uh, every penny of that. A pretty large salary that he got. I mean, we, we talked about he got for his first on-field role, uh, he's being paid very well. So I think we're seeing that. Uh, we're kind of seeing the fruits of that already. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot to be excited about. So uh, I hear you and Dylan Gabriel are best friends these days. <laughs> you know, uh, you know I'm about best friends, but, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, you know, Good kid, good guy. Um, he's really, you know, he's not as active on on the socials as uh, um, as some other players across the country and whatnot. Some other players that have 
uh, been in Norman or are in Norman, but it's because he's grinding, you know. He's, uh, I know he was uh, staying in Norman for the spring break, uh, looking to get some work in. What's been really important to him has been getting to know his teammates, uh, getting close with them, gaining their trust, and really working with them a lot uh, on the offense because, of course, those that um, maybe hadn't paid a ton of attention, uh, he was with Levy, uh, of course, uh, at UCF. He's got more experience in this offense than anybody. Uh, so he, the people are going to look to him. Obviously, you, you often think of the quarterback just kind of being a shoe-in for that leadership role as captain, but really it's going to ring true for him because he's really going to be the, the expert on the offense more so than anybody. And with the Sooners getting a fast start this year, I think it's really going to be uh, uh, dependent on how quickly everybody can get up to speed on that offense. But. Do you think it is sheer coincidence, Travis, that Muleshoe and USC scheduled their spring game for the very same day that OU's spring game and Baker Mayfield's Heisman statue dedication will occur? Uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a big believer in coincidence these days. Uh, uh, I must say, I, I think it is. Uh, I laughed when I saw it, to be honest, because uh, I know there were some that thought. And I wonder uh, some people that were talking about, well, you know, uh, Lincoln was crying during the Heisman ceremony for Baker, so you know how important this is to him. Yeah, I'm not buying it. So uh, I do think it's, I, I do think it's going to be quite annoying over the uh, really over the coming years, probably, because it is obvious with the ESPN broadcast that's going to be there. Uh, that they're going to do all they can to prop up that West Coast uh, that has been so just dormant uh, in the college football scene uh, for years now, you know, for for decades. So I think they're going to do everything they can, and we're going to see him every week on Fox and on ESPN with interviews. It's going to be thrown in the face often, but, yeah, it's just going to be somewhere I'm going to have to get used to. Yeah, who knew Muleshoe loved the media this much, huh? But no, I, I'm I'm going to bank on Baker Mayfield's loyalty to the University of Oklahoma superseding his loyalty to Muleshoe. Uh, Travis, looking ahead to spring ball, and we are less than a week away from the first spring practice for the Sooners. Give Sooner Nation a couple of guys that you're excited to keep an eye on and to monitor over the course of spring practice leading up to the spring game on April 23rd, just kind of see how they can develop under the new regime with Brent Venables, Jeff Levy, and the rest of the crew. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I share the excitement of, of, of everybody, really. I mean, this, this is probably – I mean, we saw we saw a good turnout uh, Jalen's year and whatnot, but – this is really, I think, going to be the best attended spring game and so much excitement with so much change. Uh, so I'm really looking at, man, the physicality that's been changed. I was able to catch up with uh, um, Jordan Kelly uh, over spring break. He was in town, and we, we were able to talk a little bit. And just him alone, I look at him. I mean, I saw him over Christmas break, and I saw him spring break. He already looked different. He's added good weight. I talked to Chris Murray. He's saying – He's added good weight, but he feels lighter. Um, so those those Schmitty workouts are paying off. Uh, what, what was interesting, what I had been told is that Jordan Kelly is right now slotted in as a starting position next to Redmond, which 
is great news because we know that they're going to be coached well in that position by the experienced Todd Bates. His track record speaks for itself. Um, I felt, you know, Jaron Connect continues to be a really hot name after he did so well in the winter workouts. I imagine he'll have a really big spring. Uh, I, I hear he was doing some uh, defensive back workouts as well uh, early on, so that might give us a, a little bit of a window into maybe if they see him playing a little bit of safety or things like that. So uh, I'm just excited to, to see what it looks like. I'm, I'm excited to see the ball get out of Dylan's hands. Uh, I'm excited to see Theo Weave because Theo, you know, we, he, was gonna, he was eyeing a transfer, and, of course, he was eyeing a transfer to Ole Miss specifically to play in Jeff Levy's system. Well, funny, funny how that works out. Levy just comes to him. So uh, that, that, those are some things I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm excited just the energy around Oklahoma football right now. It's palpable. Uh, we're seeing it with the 2023 class. We're seeing it immensely with the 2024 class with some elite prospects. Uh, so so it, it's a good time to be a Sooner. There's no doubt about that. Finally, Travis, if I told you Baker Mayfield will be the next quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, your reaction would be what? Oh, I would love it. I would love it. And I actually, uh, you know, me being from Minnesota, I've got uh, some ties in. You know, everybody's got, you know, a cousin or uncle, you know, a former roommate, former dog owner that knows somebody, right? So, I mean, I I had heard that, uh, you know, Minnesota was going to uh, be able to get Baker um, in a couple of seconds for uh, uh, for Kirk Cousins. But, you know, apparently uh, our new GM liked the deal, uh, but the Wilfs, the owners, uh, they nixed it. So it, it seemingly was very close to Baker being the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. And boy, oh boy, that would have been akin to the day where Adrian Peterson got drafted. To my hometown Vikings. That I have not had any children and I've never been married, so that still is the greatest day of my life. Wow. Adrian Peterson fell to Minnesota. I could not believe that he got all the way down to us, but obviously we saw what he did uh, in his first ballot Hall of Fame career in Minnesota. Well, we don't know what the next stop for Baker Mayfield will be, but over the last 24 hours it's become increasingly clear he is not going to be a Cleveland Brown when the 2022 season dawns. Teddy Lehman and I will discuss that in great detail at the top of the hour. But, Travis, for now, we appreciate your time. We'll get you on again. Thanks for joining. Hey, I appreciate it, everybody. Thanks again. That is Travis Davidson, at Travis Skoll on Twitter. That is at Travis, S-K-O-L, the president of OU Twitter for my money and for a lot of folks' money. We got one segment to go here on Locked In before the rush kicks off. Stay with us. You're listening to the Ref Sports Radio Network. Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405-651-3439. We'll be right back. Back to wrap things up here on Locked In, the Ref Sports Radio Network. I have spared my thoughts on Baker Mayfield for the entirety of this hour because I want to dig into that conversation with Teddy Lehman when we kick off the rush at the top of next hour. For right now, though, going to hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. With all of your late-breaking recruiting questions, <laughs> one listener says, I've officially turned. I'm anti-offering Cole Adams. <laughs> well, at a certain point, I can't really fault you because, man, it just it seems like, especially given that Cole Adams took the Alabama visit at the beginning of March and really, really enjoyed his time there, 
And from what I understand, the offer at Alabama is committable. Kind of seems like Nick Saban's about to pull a uh, Josh Jacobs 2.0 on the Sooners. And Oklahoma State, for that matter, Oklahoma State hasn't offered Cole Adams either, which is bizarre in and of itself. But another listener says, hold on, hold on, Parker. Let me stop you right there. We wouldn't take Brandon Campbell from Muleshoe. We would take him from the transfer portal. I see what you did there. I, I love the let me stop you right there, too, part. Because that's even a throwback to the uh, not, him not taking well, the Well job. done on yeah. multiple levels. I don't know if that was intentional, but uh, I I would mark it up as intentional if I were you. All right, another listener says, Parker, I get that you say the optics for Cole Adams are not ideal. However, doesn't that say something about an in-state kid who won't make the short trip down the road if that's all it takes to receive the offer he's supposedly dreamed of? Look, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on that situation. The way I see it is if there's a kid – that and let me just preface this by saying I understand the Venables policy which has not been a one-size-fits-all policy but the stance he has taken with some of the players that he's recruited is if you want an offer you have to show up on campus but if there is one guy you'd make an exception for and we've seen Venables make an exception time and time again in this 2023 class with some of the over-the-phone offers that they've made to prospects all around the nation. It's not as if they're making everybody visit if they want to offer from Oklahoma. If there is one kid that you are willing to make that exception for, why wouldn't it be a kid who's right down the road? Because you know, like, you know once you offer him, if he doesn't commit right off the bat, Lord knows he's going to visit first chance he gets. And so I understand Cole Adams' side of it. I do understand Oklahoma's side of it, but I'm I'm very I'm very much sympathetic to Cole Adams' plight if the breakdown in communication is in fact that it's a an impasse in essence where the Sooners want Cole Adams to visit before he offers or before they offer and Cole Adams wants the offer before he visits. So to me I I would like to see OU make the first move there. I think that is only right and that is only fair because it is no secret that Cole Adams has a great affinity for the University of Oklahoma, and I understand why he wants the university and the coaching staff to reciprocate that interest in him before he invests his time and his dime into visiting. All right, back to the text line. One listener asks, is OU recruiting any 2024 quarterbacks? There are no offers on the table yet in the class of 2024 at the quarterback position. However, two names I would file away. One is a guy that I have mentioned before on this show, Michael Hawkins Jr. out of Allen High School in Texas. If Allen High School rings a bell, it should, because that's where Kyler Murray played his high school ball. Michael Hawkins was the district newcomer of the year as a sophomore at Allen. Just saw him at the Under Armour camp three days ago. Kid can spin it. Kid can run. He's got sub four five wheels, throws a beautiful ball. He's already got several offers from FBS institutions, including SMU, and I would expect that the offers are going to continue to roll in. The interesting dynamic there is that he's also an OU legacy. Daddy played defensive back at OU in the early 2000s. The other name is Mabry Mattire out of the Woodlands, Texas. If his name rings a bell, again, it should because his older brother McCade 
is a transfer lineman who will be entering his first season with the Sooners after serving as a three-year starter out at Cal. So uh, Mabry already has a slew of high-end Power 5 offers. He's a kid that has improved his mechanics a lot from his freshman to his sophomore year, and that's helped the interest in him exponentiate. And that is a player that I can very legitimately see receiving an offer from Oklahoma in the not-too-distant future. I also think OU immediately becomes the leader in the clubhouse for either Hawkins or Mattire if they choose to offer one or the other. couple more before we get out of here from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. One listener says, Parker, it's a short drive. The kid can easily come on down. Come on. Again, I, I get that end of it. I just think if you're going to be that scrupulous with a kid who plays his ball up in Owasso, it's it's naturally going to lead to some questions from the fan base and from the people involved. Another listener says, maybe ask Teddy about Cole Adams. He might have some inside info. I suppose that is Teddy's neck of the woods up there. Owasso isn't too far from old, old Fort Gibson, is it, Drake? No, and uh, I think that Teddy's brother actually lives in the Owasso area, if I remember correctly. So Okay, well, we may dig into the Cole Adams situation with Teddy Lehman then at the top of the hour. Or but maybe it's Bartlesville. It's somewhere up in that area, though. So One way or another, I think Cole Adams is a guy that should have had the OU offer a long time ago. But that is neither here nor there. I will do my best to dig into that situation and get some more updated information for you as we head into tomorrow's show. But that is going to do it for this installment of Locked In. Thanks to Drake Dyken for taking Tyler McComas's chair for this hour. Coming up next, it's The Rush. And you get me instead of Tyler. Myself and Teddy Lamb and got you for the next three hours. Stay with us on the Ref Sports Radio Network.